1: This is Brother Donald A. Sear, past master of Freeport Lodge Number 23 Freeport, Maine, bringing you a Short Talk Bulletin, Volume 20, Number 1, January 1942. The Flag in Lodge, written by Brother Carl H. Claudie. Every American Mason loves and reveres the flag of the United States. Every American Mason desires to show that love and reverence in respectful and reverent treatment of the symbol of his nation. Those who fail to do so through ignorance, not intention, through failure to act more often than by improper actions. This bulletin is intended only to suggest respectful and reverent treatment to honor the stars and stripes in lodge so that those who love the flag may show that love in the correct and Masonic manner. It goes without saying that a flag should be displayed in every open Masonic lodge. A majority of Grand Lodges have so legislated. Where no legislation is a mandate, brethren, display the flag for love of it. Especially in these days when American unity of thought of our country and its course in the world events is so important, should the flag be as much a part of an open lodge as altar and great lights and charters and aprons. All Masons are familiar with the etiquette which dictates the treatment of the Bible. It is to be opened and closed slowly and reverently. With the square encompasses, it is to be alone on the altar. It is never to be beyond the view of the master. There is also an etiquette in the treatment of the flag, which has all the sanction of law. The flag should never be draped over the altar or around it. Not even the flag can add to the glory of the great light. Not even the great light should rest upon the flag. There are several ways in which the flag may be displayed in the lodge. If used alone, it should be on a staff, at the right hand of the worshipful master in the east. It may be displayed flat against the wall in the east with the stars to the left as the audience sees them. If the flag is hung upright, the stars should be on the left of the brethren. If two flags are displayed, border states frequently have Canadian visitors and in pretty and brotherly compliment, use the British flag as well as the stars and stripes. The flag of the United States is at the master's right, the other flag on the left of the American flag. If there are several flags on staffs, the American flag is not the center flag of the line of flags, but it is on the extreme right of the line. The flag should never be draped over, on, about, anything. If rosettes and drapes are wanted for decorations, make them of red, white, and blue bunting. Of the flag, never. The only object on which a flag may ever be draped is the casket in which lies a serviceman or a governmental official. Then it must be displayed flat, not draped or folded, with a union at the head and over the left shoulder. The flag, of course, must never be lowered into a grave or allowed to touch the earth. If the lodge is in mourning, the flag should not be half-staffed. Mourning may be indicated by streamers of black attached to the staff. Only on fixed, not movable staffs may the flag be half-staffed to indicate mourning. It need hardly be said that the flag should never be used on a ceiling, or as part of the whole of a costume. The flag is never to be dipped in lodge. No man is great enough to have the flag dipped to him. The greatest of men humbly yet proudly salute the flag. It is not essential, but it is decidedly worthwhile to have the flag ceremoniously received in lodge. The ceremony should occur immediately after opening and before any business is transacted. Reception ceremonies may be simple or very elaborate. Small lodges with few members in attendance obviously cannot easily stage the same ceremony as may be appropriate and easy for a large lodge with full attendance. Three, which are successfully used, are outlined herewith. A simple ceremony. the master calls up the lodge and directs the senior deacon to present the colors at the altar. The senior deacon does so, standing with staff flag held before him facing the east the Master asked the Brethren to join him in repeating the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. During the Pledge, the Brethren stand with right hands over their hearts, except such as may be in uniform, who may stand at right-hand salute. The practice of standing with right hand outstretched toward the flag is common, but not in keeping with the etiquette of the flag, as practiced by the United States government. The master then orders a the senior deacon to present the flag in the east. The flag is borne to the east, and the staff slowly and reverently lowered into its socket. The lodge is then seated. Two, a more elaborate ceremony. The master wraps up the lodge, commands the master of ceremonies, or marshal, to assemble the deacons and stewards, proceed to the Tyler's door, and receive the flag. The flag is outside the door, borne by whatever brother may be so honored, escorted by an even number of brethren, two, four, six, eight, or more. If brethren in uniform are available, it is courtesy to the flag to ask them to escort it. The procession forms at the door. The master of ceremonies in front, the deacons next, followed by the stewards, followed by two lines of escorts with the flag held aloft by its honored bearers between the lines. The line breaks to the right, and left at the altar, and the flag is there presented. Following this, either the Pledge of Allegiance is taken, or the American Creed is read or recited. It is unwise to attempt to have all brethren attempt to recite the American's Creed, as it is too long, easily, to be memorized by many. With the brethren still at salute, one verse of My Country, or the Star-Spangled Banner, or America the Beautiful, or God Bless America is sung by all after which the flag still under its escort, but with deacons and stewards remaining at the altar, is carried to the east and the staff lowered into its socket. Three, an elaborate ceremony. The master rises and addresses the lodge. My brethren, we are about to receive and place in the east the flag of the United States. Our ceremony will have little meaning and less worth if it proceeds not from our hearts as well as from our lips. As the red, the white, the blue are paraded in these sacred confines, let all present be reminded that we met in liberty, practice our right and safety, and worship God according to the dictates of our conscience because of that flag. It means America, and America means all of us. It means liberty, and liberty is our greatest possession. It means justice, and justice is not only one of our cardinal virtues, but the foundation stone on which free men erect their lives. It means opportunity, and without opportunity, men are slaves. Greatest of all, it means freedom to be, to do, to think, to dare, to live, to love, and to worship God. Without the flag, we are not a nation. With the flag, we are the owners of man's most precious heritage, the right to call ourselves Americans. Let us honor the flag in our hearts. As he finishes, the Tyler's door is open the flag is carried into the room under the escort, as in the second ceremony. It is brought to the altar, a patriotic song is sung, the Pledge of Allegiance is given. The master then commands, Parade the flag! To martial music, the escort bears the flag thrice around the lodge while the choir or brethren sing some patriotic song, not the national anthem. That should only be sung while standing motionless. The flag is then brought to the east and halted in front of the master. Bearer and escort face the West. Some brother with a good voice reads the American's Creed, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, or other short patriotic selection. The Master then says, Man, before engaging in any great and important undertaking, should always invoke the blessings of deity. Nothing more important will ever take place in our lives than paying honor to the flag and to those great principles for which it stands. Let us then ask the great architect for light. Brother Master of Ceremonies, conduct the Brother Chaplain to the altar. At the altar the chaplain prays, Almighty Father of us all, humbly we ask Thy blessings upon this symbol of our land, our homes, our liberties. More especially, we beseech Thee to open our eyes, that we may more fully enshrine within our hearts the heritage which is ours, the value of our liberties, the glory of that symbol before which we bow in reverence only less than that which we kneel to Thee. Suffer us all to pledge in you in our hearts as we have pledge with our lips an undying devotion to the flag which stands for the America we love. Amen. When the chaplain has been escorted to the station, the master says, This orange flag, symbol of our country, blessed by Almighty God, honored the world around, is placed in the east of this lodge as a solemn pledge that we, Americans all, honor it above all else, save only God. Brother Color Bearer, you will enshrine the flag in the east. Then flag is lowered into its socket and the master seats the lodge. That all may have ease access to America's creed, it is printed herewith. I believe in the United States of America as a government of the people, by the people, for the people, whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed, a democracy in the republic, a sovereign nation of many sovereign states, a perfect union, one and inseparable, established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, humanity for which American patriots sacrifice their lives and fortunes. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it, to support its constitution, to obey its laws, to respect its flag, and to defend it against all enemies. Written by William Tyler Page, a descendant of President Tyler, and of Carter Braxton, one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, this creed was the result of a contest conducted by the press of nations in 1916 to 1917. The winning creed won $1,000 prize given by the city of Baltimore. The judges were distinguished officials, authors, governors of states, and other dignitaries. It is interesting to note the derivation of the phrases which formed this creed. The Congressional Record of April 13, 1918 sets forth. The United States of America, Preamble, Constitution of the United States. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. Preamble, Constitution of the United States. Daniel Webster's speech in the Senate, January 26, 1830. Abraham Lincoln, Gettysburg Speech. Whose just powers are derived from the consent of the governed? Thomas Jefferson, in Declaration of Independence. A democracy in a republic. James Madison, in The Federalist, Number 10, Article 10 of the Amendments to the Constitution. A sovereign nation of many sovereign states. E Pluribus Unum, Great Seal of the United States, Article 6 of the Constitution. One and inseparable Webster Speech in the Senate, January 26, 1830 established upon those principles of freedom, equality, justice, and humanity for which American patriots sacrificed their lives and fortunes, Declaration of Independence. I therefore believe it is my duty to my country to love it. In substance from Edward Everett Hales, the man without a country. To support its constitution, oath of allegiance, section 1757, revised statutes of the United States. To obey its laws, Washington's Farewell Address, Article 6, Constitution of the United States, to respect its flag, National Anthem, the Star-Spangled Banner, Army and Navy Regulation War, Department Circular on Flags Etiquette, April 14, 1917, and to defend it against all enemies, Oath of Allegiance, Section 1757, Revised Statutes of the United States, in any of the ceremonies, it may be desirable to include something more lyric than Creed and Pledge. Poems of the flag are innumerable. One which is typical of the spirit of Americanism is Josephine B. Bowman's beautiful Voice of America, which seems especially appropriate because of the Masonic allusion. It is as follows. I have taken the breed of all nations, barred no religion nor race, from the highest and lowest of stations They came, and I found them a place. Powers invisible drew them. Freedom unborn was their quest, till my uttermost borderland knew them, the least of the world and the best. They came with the wisdom of sages, the darkness, the stain and the dirt. They came with the glory of ages, and I took them, my hope and my hurt. I have gathered the breed of all nations, drawn from each caste and each clan, tried them, and proved them, and loved them, and made them American. Made them a nation of builders, fearless and faithful and free. Entered them, passed them, and raised them to the master's sublime degree. Theirs is the task of restoring the ancient and the honored guild, the work to the speculative, the spirit to those who build. Till none shall be less than a master, and no but one ruler above, bound by the spirit of justice, and the mortar of brotherly love. Till the house shall belong to the workmen, and the craft come again to its own. And this is your task, O my people. Through you will the lost word be known. If the large is so fortunate as to possess a brother with dramatic talent, such an one may learn, and recite the toast to the flag as a finality to the ceremony. Here's to the red of it. There's not a thread of it. In all of the spread of it, From foot to head. But masons bled for it. Face steel and lead for it. Slept with the dead for it. Bathing in red. Here's to the white of it. Who knows the might of it. Thrills at the sight of it. Through the day and night. Womanhood's care for it. Made manhood dare for it. Purity's prayer for it. Kept it so white. Here's to the blue of it. Heavenly hue of it. Star-spangled view of it constant and true. Here's to the whole of it, stars, stripes, and pole of it. Here's to the soul of it, red, white, and blue. For the sake of emphasis, it is repeated that this bulletin is intended only to be helpfully suggestive, but is also noted that no master may the better serve his lodge and his brethren in these difficult days or do more to help the fraternity stress the importance and necessity of genuine patriotism than by some ceremony designed to make manifest of the Masonic teaching of the love for the country.
0: This has been the Short Talk Bulletin podcast, produced in cooperation with the Masonic Service Association of North America and is made possible through a generous grant from the Grand Lodge AFNAM of Minnesota who have been engaging and inspiring good men who believe in a supreme being to live according to the Masonic tenets of brotherly love, relief, and truth since 1853.